Welcome to the Good Luck Club podcast. We aim to bring you insights from the world's most successful entrepreneurs and change makers. They will share with you each week what they've learned building their businesses, the good and the bad. There is nothing more interesting than real life stories. Welcome to this week's episode of the Good Luck Club podcast. My guests today are entrepreneurs Angelina and Tenor. That's Tenor, not a fiver. <laughs> the founders of an inspirational brand called Pure Earth. All the links to their brand will be in the podcast down below. Without further ado, let me introduce the founders to tell you their story. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's wonderful yeah, to have you to here. Great to be here. Thank really you. Wonderful. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Well, maybe we could start off by telling the audience a little bit about you both. Yeah, sure. So um, my name is Angelina. Um, I've just moved outside of London after living in London for the last 16 years. I've taken the plunge and moved to the suburbs, so I'm in Surrey now. I've got a house renovation that I'm about to start. I live there with my husband and my three-year-old daughter. So a bit of a commute now going in, but I'm um, yeah, running, running the business with Tenor. Um, we started it back in 2012. And it's been, a, it's been a real journey, actually, so far, but an exciting one. And what, what do you do at the business? What's your main role? So, originally, Tenor and I did sort of everything together, and as it's progressed and, and moved forward, we've got role, different roles. And um, I'm marketing, so and customer service, so that's the main area I cover, as well as sort of lots of other bits with all sort of small businesses that you, that you have to do. Sure, totally. Tenor? Yeah, well, we've been self-taught, haven't we? We've been like... Basically running the business from uh, buying vegetables, going to the market, uh, making all our juices ourselves in a small kitchen and home kitchen in Queen's Park and uh, with dogs and kids running around and then got into a commercial unit about uh, six years ago, the first, the first one. Uh, I live in Queen's Park. I have um, two children. I'm a single mother. Well, it's 50-50 parenting. Um, yeah, they're eight and six years old and pure earth is kind of our second child we have yeah. four children so it's yeah. kind of number two in the in 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 that exactly what you mean i, I have a three-year-old and uh, i often it's the hardest business i've ever had to run managing him <laughs> you know he doesn't do anything i tell him to do and uh, but it's absolutely yeah. a wonderful thing to be a parent but having a business really is like having yeah. a child it's it a good is. way you to have explain to it you have to nurture it you have to discipline it as well you have to get <laughs> up every day and make make break, make breakfast so it's about you know it's about really Con- consistent consistent like education from like learning from yeah it's it's yeah my, my, my three-year-old teaches me something every single day and I think businesses teach you stuff yeah. right? sometimes people want to learn business the best thing sometimes is just start a business yeah. it will teach you right yeah. but like parenting no one teaches you yeah. to be a parent exactly. it's, it's a good analogy no one teaches you, you become a parent you learn yeah. to be a parent yeah. I think starting a business is a very similar yeah. point yeah. isn't it yeah. you try to do your best and then sometimes it doesn't always go this way but yeah, it's. Uh, and I think especially because we're everything that we've done is self-taught, because we started the business in a in a tiny kitchen in Tenor's flat actually, yeah. and you know we had a vision of we had a vision that we wanted to help people and we knew that was our kind of like this is what's pushing us to do it. But at the beginning, we didn't know what it was going to be, and I think yeah. everything that we've done has been self-taught. You know, from we've had to do everything from accounts to yeah. so the bookkeeping. We've done the juicing. We've done the juicing, cleaning. Yeah, we've done cleaning, the, like, lots of cleaning and juicing. Know, yeah, I've had times when I used to pick up the phone and used to be Helen because I was the accounts <laughs> department. Like mm. we were doing everything ourselves, and and we've learned so much from it. And I think um, you know, inspiration from children as well. Having children ourselves, yeah. like that's 
that's inspired us and keeps us inspiring yeah. us to do I different things. First, the innovation came more about the products we were lacking in the market. We wanted to kind of like find things which are more health conscious, which more, you know, have beneficial ingredients. And now it's more about like children, what our children need. So especially like now for, you know, vitamins and things. But it's everything, all the ingredients we, we use are very functional and very close to to uh, to um, nature and the earth as possible so nothing is altered nothing is really um you know no pure artificial from the earth yeah it's <laughs> yeah. pure from the earth so no artificial color even in our blue blue drink when we first bought that blue drink out it was five years ago and everyone's like oh my god she's gone mad it's not a wkd <laughs> by the way mm. it's not <laughs> and it's kind of uh, you know being inspired being like really um looking uh looking at yeah, different perspective, really. How you know where where we wanted to sit and where how do we want to nourish ourselves? And you know, there's a lot of different things how you can do it with yoga, with exercising, with reading, with education. But uh, you know, nourishing the body is one of a, a big thing for us. You, we you are foodies. We love we love food and we love to make healthy food. So for us, it's really important to to have ingredients which work, which have a function, and nothing which is um, artificial, artificial, you, and you've done such a wonderful job. I'm, I'm a big fan of the, of your products, and uh, it's, it's just an Thank awesome you. business you Thank built you. Uh, together. Absolutely uh, Im- Im- amazing. I, I think it's interesting, though. Just going back to that 2012, um, it's, it's in the kitchen at your home, uh, Tenor, thinking about building this business. You know, how did it happen? A lot of my listeners out there dream of starting a business, and so how did it happen? Well, I think originally, like inspiration for even working with food I'm half Italian and um, big about food like I've always bought been brought up for big family meals it's either eating it cooking it juicing it fermenting it it's always like been such a big area so I think the inspiration to have a food business was always something that was in my heart like it's what I wanted to do and um, I had a business before before Pure Earth called Reality Check Management which was a um, modeling agency which I did for eight years and I kind of knew it wasn't really my calling of what I wanted to do. But we were, Tanner and I were introduced to each other. I'd been away traveling for six months. And it just felt like we started chatting about it. And we had so many of the same ideas and synergies. And we just chatted about how we could do something together. Tanner had just had a baby. And I was like, this is, I feel like my calling is to do something different. And we started chatting and it just started to come together. And we both really felt that we wanted to do something that made a difference and had a purpose and to help people. That was essentially what kind of brought us together to do something. So what did you do with your previous business? Did you sell it? Did you, how did you, what did you, how did you manage to move on? after eight years, I actually ended up passing it on um, to a very close friend who's running it still now and it's really successful and that makes me so happy because I got to a point, I'd left for six months to go travelling. It was like the business that I'd run for that amount of time was felt like it was hindering my life it wasn't it wasn't what I wanted to do anymore and I was just about to turn 30 and I was kind of at that sort of I felt like a crisis stage that I needed to do something different and probably looking back like maybe I should have arranged like a thought like why didn't I sell it or why but it just didn't feel like the right thing at the time it was like I just needed to move on mm-hmm. and when Tenor and I chatted about what we were going to do together it was just like it was like that epiphany moment where it was just like this is what I need to be doing and then within a week I was just like I will never go back we designed everything how we want to do it and for me it was a little bit different um I was um 
it's kind of started like about 10, 15 years ago or 12 years ago where um, I was working as an event manager. I, I, I was looking after, um, I was employed by Sketch, which was a really great job uh, about, um, about 10 years ago. And uh, I was working with artists, modern artists, street art just came onto the market. And, and I was basically working day and night. So burnt out, you know, there's a lot of shiny moments, but it's a lot of dark moments as well in that kind of industry. So, and I thought, oh gosh, you know, this is really burning me out. And I had a scooter accident um, on the way to work. And I kind of like, I had a little bit of a wake up call and so I have to slow down uh, and went to Bali to a detox retreat, yoga detox retreat, became a kind of a very spiritual moment for me kind of a wake-up call and what I wanted to do a kind of whole cloud has lifted for me and and really spent about three four weeks there I really got in tune with nature in tune with myself and really kind of looked at what I wanted to do a lot of meditation really had um, surrounded by this beautiful country I mean Bali is like my second home now I just love it and felt really inspired by the Balinese like uh, Jamu Jamu and Anything uh, traveling always have help, has helped me to to grow in the sense of you know learning different cultures, different uh, like anything from Chinese medicine to to Ayurvedic medicine. So really, I felt very I wanted to learn those ancient kind of theories and how people make things in their cultures and kind of bring that back to the UK. Um, and yeah, so I kind of really wanted to learn more about it. I wanted to learn more about detoxing and how it works. It, it completely transformed my life. The experience in Bali I had um, sounds maybe a little bit like, wow, it's a bit over the top. But for me, it was a big, big switch moment that I didn't want to work for anyone anymore. I wanted to work for myself, set my own kind of rules. And, and um, yeah, so we uh, we got together. I've started a little bit before I met Angelina and already got like, oh, this is really, you know, working. And I, I really wanted to understand more. And I studied with some of the pioneers like 12 years ago or 10 years ago. There were, there was nothing about raw food, nutrition, superfoods. None of that was, was still available to us. So I spent a year in the U.S. Um, studying with Gabriel Cousin, who was, has, has a very much a scientific approach. And then also with my other mentor, who I'm very close to as well still, uh, David Wolf, who is um, all about superfoods, very approachable guy. And every time I have, like, I'm a little bit stuck in my creative sense of making new innovations, I always kind of ask him for help and see get a little bit of reassurance that I'm on the right track and yes we need to have new products out there which really help people. Well we all need a David in our life. Yes right? we all need a David in our life. Totally. It, it, it's very interesting to me I think for the audience to pick up on that there's two very different paths that you describe to get to the same conclusion and so you know I actually want to unbox both of your stories a little bit I mean uh, first of all I, I, I do think Angela your story is really really important for people to understand there's a lot of people I, I get messages from who have started businesses and they feel trapped mm. and so even if you start your own business sometimes that business can end up owning you instead of you owning the business yeah. and I think it's very brave to uh, to do what you did I think some, some people do hold out for 10 years longer than they should 
in the hope that they can sell the business they no longer enjoy. Yeah. So I think it's actually quite inspiring to hear your story about how you let someone else take over it and it's become a success without you in it. I have a similar experience, by the way. I handed one of my businesses over to someone else to run it and they made a great success of it. Yeah. It's actually very liberating. Yeah. And so somehow, you know, just like having a job you don't like, I think people can get trapped in a business yeah. they don't like. It happens too. And I think when you're starting out your business, it's something to think about too because yeah. these businesses take a long time to build. So you they don't want to do. get trapped in that business. Yeah, and you also want to be compatible, you know, I mean... When, when we not just met, but when we got together, we were like, we had this big sense of, you know, that kind of, it wasn't about making money. It really was about making ourselves feel better and also then, you know, making, making juices for other people, for our family members, and they then give us the feedback, oh, this is amazing, this is great. And, and then Facebook happened and we like had a platform on Facebook and everyone was comment, commenting, commenting and it never really stopped from there. Yeah, so that's how you started. Right. You, you basically put up a post on Facebook and, and people loved it and that's how it began, was it? Yeah, and friends and family. So we, we tried and tested everything on ourselves first and we really mm -hmm. felt like huge, huge benefits. And we we're kind of at a point that we need to share this with people. We need to tell, let people know like what we can do to help them. And so friends and family started to try, try the juice detox and the plans that we were putting together and had amazing results. Mm -hmm. And that just kept driving us forward. And then they would tell the next person, organically they tell the next person, it just started to build a business. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when we really kind of got excited, like this actually is a, this is a business now. This isn't just a, you know, it was never a hobby because I think we, mm -hmm. we felt like it was, could be something. We yeah. both had that real desire that it was going to be something. And I think from... And we made them taste nice, you know, because yeah. we were both foodies. We really like like... Like, uh, you know, there's some, some green juices out on the market where like, oh my goodness, I don't want to drink that. So we made this experience pleasurable for people without using ingredients which are too sweet. So for us, we had kind of a zero sugar policy from kind of from the beginning. You're very ahead of your time on that stuff too. Cause we, were, yeah. we were, like no one knew what was cold pressed. Mm. At that time, we were like, everything was just pasteurized, nothing was cold pressed. And there was for, it wasn't, I don't think it was a challenge, but people were... You know, well, they it were asking lots of so questions. The education, yeah, the education it. about it. And yeah. we still didn't know. We were still learning every day. And, you know, and uh, there was nobody we could kind of copy from. We had to kind of go with our gut, <laughs> pun intended. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's it's the same with the kefirs. We were the first one on the on the market uh, in, in, in 2004. The UK, yeah. Actually, it was part of our detox program. So the kefir water is a probiotic drink which would people would consume when they come out of the detox, so to help with digest digestive enzymes to digest solid food again. So that has always been a part of our cleanse programs. All of the products, like the shots, the broths, everything is part of our cleanse program. So it's tried and tested on our customers. And the feedback was like, people can't be cleansing all year round, so they want having, having, uh, having like a detox cleanse, let's say for a week, and then they want to still continue and have healthy products in their lives on a daily basis. So that's how the retail market involved. But it's a completely different business model to like a bespoke cleanse package. To retail is all about kind of like more not mass production, but do bigger volumes, not some, something too bespoke. And uh, so we've been growing, uh, yeah, at different ranges. But everything kind of originated from the benefits people felt uh, uh, on those detox programs. 
I think for a lot of people listening, um, I think a lot of people want to want to start businesses, and a lot of our audience is like that. They have um, this kind of feeling that they they need to, for example, raise money mm-hmm. uh, before they start. They need to, you know, get the warehouse to manufacture the product. They need to, you know, uh, get it all distributed. They need all these deals in advance. It sounds like you guys literally sat in your kitchen, made a couple of nice drinks, and said, "Right, let's make the business," and posted it on Facebook, and, and that was the beginning. Is that is that I a fair summer? My advice there is is just get started right. yeah, get because started, it's yeah. like you can you can wait and nothing's ever going to be perfect and I yeah. think you can you can think you need this or you need that but actually just get out there and do it and I think yeah. especially with sort of food and drink based beverages and, and food it's it's we didn't have any overheads we were just making the juices I, w- I w- would go around with my little smart car deliver 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 them we had our own tax we used to stamp and yeah. we had mason jars to begin with so anything which we could recycle and bring back for us glass was always very important not to go into the plastic kind of epidemics we were just very into glass focus on making things in this kind of sustainable way but we used to have tags and so we evolved a lot over the yeah. years and I think the support net we had with our friends and family was very important I mean the first two years, we we didn't make we didn't pay ourselves. We, everything goes gone back into the business. We got a bookkeeper. We had a business plan was done by by um, with my, us and my, our my friends ex, and family. Yeah, yeah. my ex uh, boyfriend, and we all lived together in the, in the same house for and the kids and the dog. So nice. great we hustle. Were, and you were you were having a baby. <laughs> I mean, you had a baby at I that time, baby, well, yeah. which is another really interesting thing. I think you know, mm-hmm. as, as someone, I've been a full time father myself for the last couple of years it's the hardest job I've ever done as yeah. I mentioned and I feel like having a child while starting a business is yeah. literally like having two children they right just, so they sleep a lot at the beginning yeah. it got more complicated when they when they well you were lucky if your baby slept my, my son yeah, was, was always say, awake I'm not, sure, right, the, I'm not sure my mine did actually but but, but it's um, but that, that would be another excuse not to do it I would it like to add so people listening now you know that yeah, yeah. are having children or have children sometimes it is it is really difficult for people to start a business it is, it when is, they have a child they think of a responsibility yeah. of costs for example you're not yeah, going to have absolutely. a salary for two years and you know they're going to need things we needed that support Ned, and, I, and I think I mean we, we're not going to I mean still from from uh, Angelina was uh, one year old uh, when she went to nursery. My, my, my kids went with two full-time nursery, so we had to, had to give up a lot of time. Yeah, I, I went time back to work at five, when she was five months, three days a week in, and then the rest of the time. I mean, I, I know when I left the hospital, I was sending emails, you know. So there's, there's so much that goes into it when you're, yeah. when you're a parent and running your own business because it doesn't stop. Totally. And you think you can take a step back, but... I, yeah. I find it very hard to take a step back, even on holiday or any of those times. You know, it's very hard to do that. And but I think my, it's important my instinct of you would be you'd be like that, even if you work for someone else, though, right? I, I mean, so. it's probably you know why you're a success probably, today. It's, yeah, it's yeah. probably your nature, regardless. And I, I actually not that I'm I'm not I don't think entrepreneurship is for everyone. I think it's for more people than they realise. But one interesting thing about this concept is that if you have a child, in a way, if you make your business work, you can actually make your your personal life work around the business. Yeah. In other words, if you're the boss. Yeah. and you want to spend the afternoon with your child, yeah. you can. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you work for someone else, it's a little harder. Yes, that might mean you have to work in the evenings or yeah. early in the mornings and do some hustling, but the yeah. actual freedom piece yeah. Is, yeah. is really valuable can, over time, right? We, we were working every day. We were working even throughout Christmas, no? New Year's. We had because and even now, know, to be fair, like, like it's, it's, it's it's not like you get home and it switches off. I feel right. like it's one shift to the next shift. You know, mm. there's always yeah, something actually, to do, and it's but it doesn't. I think because it's it's so exciting, like the point we're at. It's 
it's obviously a job but it feels it's like there's that trust that it's going to be something and it's going to keep growing and that just really keeps driving me mm. and you know originally I started I started my first business when I was 21 so I went from um from college got a work placement and went straight into straight into a, a work placement which which then led on to me staying there for around two years and I set up my first business which was a modeling and acting agency did that for about a year and a half with somebody and it didn't really quite work out and didn't feel like it was the right thing and then I set up on my own um at like 23 and then that's what I ended up doing for for eight years but when you were talking before about um not feeling it's the right thing and saying it for a long time I think I was in it for eight years but I actually think probably for the last like three or four years I was thinking this isn't right how do I get out but I just wasn't that person that would give up on something Mm -hmm. so I think it was only when like a real opportunity came around again and it felt it was right which is probably you know timing 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 has a lot to do with it it was the right thing to do then yeah Yeah, having the ability to realize that you should stop something I think is harder than just keeping going yeah, so much, much so much easier to keep going yeah. and, and you Sometimes, feel like yeah, yeah. it had to be like for me it had to be like an unfo- like unfortunate car, uh, scooter accident to give me a wake up call mm. to actually go really within like this is not right you know this is just not been taken advantage of for like giving too much you know being but I loved it I loved what I was doing before as well so it's uh, that's an interesting thing too I mean your whole by the way I'm also a big fan of Bali and they don't sponsor <laughs> this podcast folks just for the record but I spent three months a year there so I, I mean last I year I spent January for him I love it there too and and for anyone that's not been there it's got some spiritual energy oh, yeah, to it that, it that I, I can feel in your drinks by the way I feel there's some real special energy in there it's not just the ingredients isn't it sometimes there's an energy put the intention in I think intention totally in, yes. that's a big love, part of it isn't love it love and intention goes in and every products we develop it's like but there's a lot of time when you have that creative blockage where you have to go within so I normally go into nature and like go into find inspiration um, to what to do and there was a few years where you know it kind of it was a struggle you know and it was kind of you know what what we're gonna do if people gonna the perception of people taking on some new products is not easy and especially when you do innovative products which are not on the market, launching them, and with all these EU regulations and restrictions on on label labels, it's 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 not easy. Mm. So lots of products now come these days come. The innovation comes through the organic sector. So any kind of health claims, and you have to be so there's so many restrictions. So it's hard for us even to say this is a probiotic drink because we're not allowed to say that. So how do you get around? you know, on, on, on a small label to uh, inform people what this drink is actually, what the drink actually is. Yeah, it's blue. Yeah, that's very that's clever, clever marketing. Clever and marketing. <laughs> so it's, um, you know, we had to use cultured, fermented, all like words which don't really feel like appealing to someone else, a fermented drink. But it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sometimes you have to do break, break the rules a little bit and especially with those regulations and, um, and yeah, so uh, it's been a fun ride and the perceptions of people taking the product on and liking it, it makes you like, oh, you know, there's yeah. actually... Big rewards in, in yeah, the actual and, people and enjoying we the product. we're lucky, we're, we're Planet Organic is giving us the kind of platform over the years to try and test products. We had almost like yeah. 19 products on the, on the market at one point, anything wow. from cold pool coffees to shots to... to uh, um, 
three-day shelf life, uh, uh, shelf life of three days on our juices. That's so hard. You know, you have to deliver the juices. They have to be sold. So when we uh, started with Gales, our first big uh, contract, um, we had uh, the green juices there, but with a three-day shelf life. Mm. So for, the, for my listeners that are in the US and overseas, Gales is a, a, a well-respected and liked uh, coffee chain in, in London. So. Yeah. But I mean, I would just like to add your story, Tanya. There's a couple of things I want my listeners to pick up on that I think is a real insight in your, from your story is that you can love what you're doing. You don't need to have a bad life event to, to actually realize, yeah. although you might like what you're doing, you could be doing something better or different. Yeah. And so, you know, you had a, a, an accident which changed your life. I know people that have got cancer and then they've mm-hmm. analyzed their lives and made some changes. Yeah. But you do have the ability to make that change without that sort of dramatic experience. And one way I think to do that is to go and have some time out, some time to travel, time to see the world. If you can, of course, right now with things like COVID, it's not so easy. But I have seen a lot of people um, now that have had three months at home. And that's just as good three months at home no longer on planes all the time no longer jumping around all the all to all these different meetings and they've had a time to internally reflect and realize that they're meant to be doing something else with their lives and i think the step that you took of actually actioning it is actually just as important right and so you know maybe not going to bali we don't want to promote bali too much and and it's prohibitive for some people to get there but the point is that it's that experience of taking time out figuring out what actually matters to you and then reinventing what you want to do going forward. I think that's a really inspirational insight that people should pick up on. Yeah, the last the last, the last, last six months now, being on furlough, I was furloughed because I have two kids and no school. And, you know, it's really like you take a step back. I actually developed hobbies again. Like I just like it just gives you so much time to to actually take that break, that internal break and it's you know it's 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 about like spending more time with your kids to really get to know what before it was like dropping them at nine o'clock school run then going to work three o'clock you pick them up you bath them you feed them and that the, the day is over you have the weekends and then the weekends you want to chill out and do a yoga session so it's kind of like spending more time with the kids really you know really kind of put lots of things in, in perspective for me so I think you have to see the positive and the and the negatives from what totally. happened over the last uh, over the last six months now seven months yeah and it's um, yeah it's I think it's it's really important to have that downtime to have that time to be with yourself and I do a lot of meditation so for me it's been it's been uh, um, that really helped me over the last 15 20 years really to yoga meditation to really deep digger. Uh, no digger. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. dig so, deep into your soul and what, yeah, what matters and to, to really you. Really, just kind of reflect on what's been happening and what's going on inside of ourselves and with the business and where we're at. So yeah, people need to do that more often. Yeah. I definitely think. I mean, that, yeah. that even if you are a successful entrepreneur, yeah. you know, making sure that you're still happy. You know, does, yeah. because you're successful entrepreneur. Time. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. I mean, it's very interesting for me. I think this whole construct sometimes um, this work-life balance. I think is a little bit what you're talking about here. Sometimes we feel like the system is there. For example, to take our kids to to school yeah. and we pick them up at three, and then we have to work within that confines. And I actually, for example, love my son was here earlier just before we started recording the podcast today. You know, and, and he was playing in the library here and we're you know having fun and you know I like that kind of 
frankly, no separation. I, I don't like the system sometimes that's been built around this mm. nine to five construct. And in fact, for entrepreneurs, it's not very convenient because our lives aren't nine to five. So yeah. suddenly our kids have to fall into a nine to five system and, yeah. and it's not necessarily a good thing. So like you say, having a change, having a break gives you a chance to, to reflect, right? So I, I'm pretty sure I've got an image in my head that you ki- your kids have been helping you uh, with this business. They've been, oh, yeah, they've been giving boxes. feedback totally. Yeah, yeah. Keeping boxes is the best Christmas present, present for them. And kids love nothing more than to, to be actually involved. be involved. And I, again, I know, I know a lot of, uh, I, just uh, this morning, a, a single mother reached out to us saying, you know, she wants to start a business, but she finds it really hard to do it. And the, the general advice is that, you know, you, you do it with your child, not when your child's asleep or when your child's not there. You know, you engage them. And children love nothing more than to actually be helping, right? To be a part of it. to make it work around your life. Totally. You, know, you have to make it. And, you know, there are sacrifices you have to have, but you, you can make it work as well. I think there's always a way. and it's You proved it, guys. It. You have made it work and you have oh, proved it. You. Well, it's not always been easy. You know, it's been like, it's been a, cha- been a challenge experience as well. Ups and downs, you know, there's sure. a few hits there. You sometimes, the un- uncertainties, do you get it right? The move from a home kitchen to a commercial kitchen was really hard. A lot of time and... Big investment probably invest- as well. No, well, I mean... Yeah, we've had, we've yeah. had, well... Not at that time. But we've yeah. had investment, and it's and as well, like it's there's been points for us which has been difficult decisions as giving up more equity of your business yeah. for investment, and because we're we're an actual manufacturer as well, so to make the steps that we need to do to scale the business, we have had to invest, yeah. and it's kind of getting to that point where it's like, do you keep the business at one level or? you give a bit more away and you're a smaller piece of a bigger pie mm-hmm. and I think both of us we've been very aligned with where we want to go and yeah. our goals and that's really helped us drive the business forward that we know that we've I think we've got to let go at points as well and mm-hmm. I think that's really important for entrepreneurs sometimes you want to do everything yourself because you're perfectionists and yeah. and actually like now is a really great example that we're at a point that we've been able to bring in expertise yeah. we've got a new general manager which is absolutely brilliant for the business we've got we're, we're growing marketing the marketing team, team sales, we're team. sales team and it's actually it's like now we can bring we can't do everything yeah. and actually we're going to bring in people that can do those things better and even better than us yeah which I mean, is, this is, it's like this it's exactly, fantastic because yeah. we can really just see now it's like we can see where the business can go and I think it's really strengthening our whole vision of of what to do next and we're, we're working currently at the moment on our three-year business plan Mm -hmm. and we're going out for investment very soon Mm. and it's a huge job because it's you know putting that plan together and and you know you've got to go out and pitch to people and no different out there selling your products right it's a whole it's a whole different business model but it's the same thing going out there and pitching what you've got and it's a big job yeah we had a really good um board of advisors we had uh, you know yeah great investors really we were quite lucky with I mean, we have yeah. 17 investors right really now. Really supported. Was it luck? What is it luck? Was it luck? Was it was luck it getting luck? those investors? Was it, luck's I part think, of our theme, you see. I so. think it was... Uh, um, Right yeah, time, right place. Right I think, team, right place, I think yeah. it's a... I think it's a I, I actually really believe in luck. I really believe that there is, like, a time and a place that things happen. Uh, but I also think it's about, you know, sometimes it's about an, op- an opportunity, which I guess is luck as well, you know. It's like, if that opportunity arises at that time... And I think we've been quite lucky that the opportunities have been there at certain points and we've been able to grasp it. And it's that's like little journeys as well in between, you know. So you, sometimes we had like a journey which one year we had quite bad luck, you know, but then we yeah. trans- put that around. It's like, you know, it actually give us, you know, we can't stop. We just have to um, 
keep going. There, there is the purpose there. There is the purpose like the, you know, we, ha- we have to keep going. It's, it's like, yes, you, you take a hit and, you know, things don't always go your way, but it's, uh, ma- I think it made us stronger. And yeah. I think we had both, we had each other to lean on, which I think, you know, I don't think I could have done this for myself. Yeah, and, same. And We've it's had each been, other. It's been, you know, we've been cheering each other up. We've been going through tears, and you know, we probably know each. I mean, we know each other probably better than any of our. Um, yeah, I mean, we moved in with in each other. <laughs> we moved in with each other at one stage with the business because we grew out of the tiny kitchen, and yeah. we needed a. So we moved into quite a big house, and it's actually quite funny because we we moved and into the house because it had a it had a big kitchen. So we ended up, we then were able to employ a few people to do the juicing and we were renting this house. So we were living there, we were producing everything in the kitchen and the landlord came around <laughs> one day and we were like hiding boxes of bottles and things and juices and he was looking around and we were just like, we had this whole like juice factory going on there. But um, This is all going to make a great book later, by the yeah. way. I love this. You know. We hid in our own home. Uh, yeah. to, so that we but then we were approached for retail and it was like, okay, we need to go into a commercial kitchen here yeah. because we can't be doing this at home anymore. So yeah. we quickly made that move and... Um, had a bigger yeah, juicer. Right we had the first like cold pressed big juicer called the X1 and... and big machine making 60 liters an hour we were like wow before we were doing this hand kind juicing. of little hand juices and and you know they would just break break down because they were too hot they was we were supposed to only use them for an hour or two and they would burn off and we're like no you've got to have those um, smaller <laughs> machines to appreciate the bigger machines yes, right? you do. but there's a couple of really important things that you guys have said there that i want to make sure the audience pick up on okay the, the first thing I, I think that's really interesting is what you said earlier angela uh, um, angelina sorry i keep that's saying okay. names um about um the concept of your first partnership wasn't quite right the co-founder relationship is so important you guys clearly have worked together for eight years together and making this amazing business happen and it's magic to see it when it happens but a lot of people for example ask us should they get a co-founder or shouldn't they you guys have made it work but you didn't make it work in the beginning any advice for people out there around this subject of co-foundership and, and whether you should have a co-founder i think uh, like listening to one another is so important i think it's really you know, we have different views on certain things we're aligned on a lot which is great but we have different views and i think it's really understanding that view from the other person and considering it yeah. and i think that really helps you make further de- decisions and the right decisions um, but even it could be like just a good support net even if you don't really like completely tr- you know we had really good trust in each other but you know um you could also make it work not just on your own if you have a vision but if you have a good support net around you i think that really helps speaking to uh, advisors there's a lot of there's a lot of help around now as well where you can just tap into different people and you know, listen to podcasts like yours so it's it's very I think it can um, be a, lo- a, yeah, like a lonely can, journey if you're on be. your own as well and I think for us like having one another has been a huge support network yeah. I think the other thing you mentioned that I think is key to it is purpose so that can tie you guys together and that can keep you pushing through the pain, right? So yeah, the passion has to be there. Otherwise, it's like getting up in the morning for, you know, you have to keep going. And the purpose, I mean, we, I mean, we've been so fortunate. We had so many amazing clients over the years doing our programs and the testimonials just speak for themselves that we made their lives better. And that for, for me is kind of like, yes, this is, this is what we live for. This is what, you know, what we wanted to do. Uh, uh, 
bring bring something alive and really have 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 some purpose in this world and that's why the new products come out we we really want to we want to um yeah make people feel uh, feel healthier and live better lives prevent it's not about curing it's about prevention it's about looking after yourself um you know boost your immunity all of those kind of things which are really important especially right now and and um, yeah, I think it's been always very important for us to have functional drinks, to um purpose, have a purpose and, and help people. Yeah. I think we always, when we, if we look at the business as it's scaling and we grow and it's growing, we have to take a step back sometimes and keep going back to that purpose because I think mm-hmm. that's the core of what we do and it's so important to and keep driving forward. The purpose shifted a little bit before was kind of like, you know, for different reasons. Now it's our inspirations, our kids. What can we do to invent better products for the next generation? How can we help them to, you know, in this kind of a little bit of chaotic world at the moment where we at? You know, the kids looking at looking up at us, and they can censor everything. They they want to, you know, we want to we want to make people happier. We want to make people like more health conscious. Really, mm. what you put in your body is almost like you know. You are not what you are. What you eat, we are what you drink. You are what you drink. <laughs> yeah. mm. But uh, it's 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 about just having a little bit of a different approach and and conscious eating, conscious living is. I think it's it's it's, it's big up on the conscious eating is something you know. Mindfulness is part mm-hmm. of what you're talking about. That I, I didn't even hear that word until I was in my thirties. You know, purpose was never taught to me at school. For example, it's crazy. And the other thing I think you guys have got is kind of an alignment around moral code, just my sense, you know, like making the product pure, doing the right thing. You know, a lot of people, when they get into business with people, they don't check these things. They don't make sure they've got the same alignment. I see a lot of partnerships go wrong around what you were just talking about earlier, Angelina, around you both want to expand it at this moment, it feels right. Whereas one doesn't and one does. One's willing to get back to it, one isn't. The fact that you guys manage to stay aligned is a big big part of it, I think, that makes you successful. years in the business now there is you know it's sometimes like like Angelina said you know you have to start delegating we have to step back a little bit and let people do the job who who, who are really great at that right. and you know having a team around us who has the same vision the same culture the same you know the same we're like wow actually this is this is great this is fantastic to have these new collaborations and you know, all these kind of uh, interesting relationships, really, which are forming day and day. It's, it's been, um, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's, it's great now. We didn't, we had kind of had each other to bounce off, but now we have this wider team and, and it's, yeah, it's becoming a really enjoyable. And now I think because it's been eight years kind of hard work, now we kind of almost like see, see it flourish. It's, mm. I, I, I compared always to a, a child being now a teenager standing on its own feet and 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 growing and taking responsibility and you know yes there's board meetings there's business plans there's fundraising and and it all it all makes sense it all makes uh, you know it's it's exciting it feels like the right evolution for you guys right Uh, but again i i feel i know a lot of our listeners who have businesses and they have trouble scaling them and and i think what you're uh helping people understand here with your own story is that sometimes you're the reason it's not scaling you are the best salesperson and you you know you never recruit anyone better than you because you are the best salesperson you've been living and breathing the product for eight years (laughs) so how can anyone else sell it better better. than you but if you give someone the tools and the power they can be better than you at least 80% 
at the yeah. beginning and then that's yeah. better than, than you always yeah. being in the business instead of working on the business yeah. i mean with sales and with with speaking to distributors it's always good for them to hear they want to hear i mean like people like abel and co for example is one of our best clients and they want to hear that founder story they want to see what has happened and um you know so it's it's there's a lot more behind behind the scene what comes out which is which is really exciting. So any of the sales calls we are on now, the big ones, they want to hear the founder story. So we help, we help with that process. We are not doing it. We're not the salespeople anymore, but we are helping with that transition. I think as founders, you're always salespeople because you're always yeah. selling your own business. As yeah. it's People part of sell it best, when it's, yeah. It's mm. part of you almost. And for yeah. us, it's just... No one's going to sell it as well as you no, are. But what I've question. noticed, it's interesting you, you say that. I, I, I personally fell into the same trap. When you're, when you're selling your own business to clients, for example, or in your case, distribution partners, you are actually not always the best person to sell it because mm, they can turn absolutely. around and say, well, you know, you guys own it, so do me a deal. Yeah. Whereas if it's a professional doing the they transaction, can like, you can yeah. be like, no, this is, this, is, this, <laughs> no. Is, this is a professional business. You know, mm. this is our founder's story. Yeah. This is how they've worked so hard to get to this point where you're lucky enough to have this privilege of distributing the product. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's quite interesting. I think a lot of people do get caught in the founder story i mean i work with big brands mm -hmm. where they buy founder mm -hmm. stories you know that that bit was almost like we bought this business it's got an interesting founder story and now we're just copying and pasting it and scaling it and they don't need the founders yeah. <laughs> well, but, uh, but to be honest sometimes we were like we uh, went to this distributor it was one of our biggest break the Mar marigold was a, a distributor who like uh, who um um, distributes distributes sort of to like uh, nationwide, but mainly Planet Organic and Whole Foods. And we had this conversation. We were like, you know, we had a three-day shelf life juice, and they're like, we really want to take you on, but we can't. It doesn't work. And and then we make us. Be a, they were like, make us a product, like make us something that's got this longer shelf life. Yeah. And uh, and that's when we we're like, right, what can and we do? Yeah, there was like a, our big break, cafe. and we were like really excited, and we were already working with Planet Organic before, and. But did all the deliveries ourselves, like to Gales, to Planet Organic. We, we, yeah, it, it was, it was. The best relationship again. Another great learning from you guys. Um, I want the listeners to pick up on. If you're trying to win a partner, most people go in there and say, "This is what we've got to sell. Do you want it or not?" <laughs> what you guys are talking about, which is the nuance of sales that so many people miss, is you've gone in there, you've listened to your partner, Planet Organic, and you've come back and you've reverse engineered it. So you've mm. managed to work with them, give them what they need while keeping your core values there, keeping your core needs there, and deliver the product they need that allows them to help you help them yeah, yeah I, I think mean, you've got yeah. to be flexible yeah. because if you're if you're not I don't think you can grow and especially when you're a younger business and you're still trying to establish yourself and you're not quite sure which way it's going to go like it's for us it's being like being a, being flexible and being able to move with market mm -hmm. changes and trends has really helped us to adapt and I think sometimes so people are so regimented in what they do and then they get to a point that they can't change and Actually, for, for example, with what's happened over the last few months, we were really able to, to like, as everything changed overnight, we were able to deliver, change yeah. the business and deliver and upscale. We needed to upscale, which... We were know. really lucky we didn't have a shop front. We were always been an online uh, e-commerce business, so it's been really easy to transition. And all the people we worked with, like Ocado and Abel and Cole, they were kept going and uh, all the well, probably online Probably not deliveries. easy, but we managed to do yeah, it. But all the things which we've been saying for so many years about boosting immunity, all of that, all of a sudden everyone was talking about it. Yeah. And we're like, probiotics, and people are like, 
Totally, yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if you guys have an opinion based on both how you've ended up being entrepreneurs and running this business, if you think entrepreneurs are born or bred. Bit of both, no? Yeah, I think a bit of, I think a bit of both because I think you're kind of born with characteristics for entrepreneurs and I feel like I've always, any job that I've done, I've always put that extra mile in and made sure, like I think that's made sure that I'm complete everything I'm supposed to do never really take days off if I'm well unwell like just I've always just had that in me which maybe is part of my upbringing as well um and then I think it comes back to and I mentioned before but opportunity as well and I think you you learn as you go along and and I think the bread that's probably the bread part of it you learn as you as you're as you're doing like working on the business you're kind of learning new skills all the time um so yeah for me it's a bit of both I mean, I, I got really inspired from my grandmother, really, when I, she was uh, like a herbalist and she she was a farmer, a beekeeper. So I always saw her like in her house, she was making creams and she was making nettle teas and chamomile teas. And I grew up with a lot of animals as well. So I always felt very strongly about uh, animal welfare. And, you know, I was always been very... A bit of a rebel as well, I must say. You know, I've always been kind of like wanting to help the majority. Uh, minority? Majority? Majority. Either. <laughs> you can help both. Majority or the minority. They both need help. But I always kind of felt like, you know, I want to do something. I want to do something great in life. And, and uh, yeah, some of the things when, when I look at now innovation, I go back to those years when I was quite inspired yeah I got inspired so I don't have like that entrepreneurial gene in my family as such but uh, I think you have to be a bit of a risk taker you have to be someone who has let's do it let's go for it I think for me it's like it's really trusting and making that leap of faith and you know the difficulty sometimes for people is thinking well I can't afford to do it and you know we just I think I well maybe I speak for myself but I've always just thought just do it like just give it a don't go let that funding be an excuse yeah, like don't make it excuse just just get out there and do it yeah. and it's worked for me so far but it's not been easy but it's it's worked by just taking that leap of faith so like leap of faith even um so just trusting like mm-hmm. trusting in what you do yeah my, my listeners know my view on this I, I i really believe no one's born anything no one's born a doctor no one's born a lawyer we all end up getting influenced i mean we yeah. I, I know an accountant who's a law, who's a who's an entrepreneur for example you wouldn't think an accountant is an entrepreneur some yeah. reason people don't connect the two but of course they yeah. can be you just hire the marketing people for example yeah. right but it's very interesting i think uh, what you just said tenor about you know, your grandmother because i think what we can do in life is you can surround yourself with people that inspire you to do things so that can end up being that yeah. nurture bit you you wish it might not even be your parents because you know my parents were both entrepreneurs as it happened but I know plenty of very successful entrepreneurs whose parents weren't but they had someone in their life that inspired them so yeah. surround yourself with those people yeah. and you can learn yeah. to do whatever you is you're meant to be doing right? yeah yeah no it's it's great I mean yeah we're pausing and thinking about that for a moment it's it's, <laughs> it's a deeper moment isn't it it's, it's, well, it's yeah it's it's um interesting question really where you know, I think it changes as well when you when you grow. You it changes where, you know, you talked about success and things before. It kind of, yeah, it, it goes in different directions. The priorities shift a little bit, but yeah, in the end, it is you know it's important to stay true to yourself and to stay true to, you know, who you want to be in life and what you want to contribute to to 
you know, to the change or to the world or do you want to be just following or you want to leading something? And I think what you were just talking about where you um, you feel an urge to do something good and following through, through on that. But I think what I worry is a lot of people, for example, going to university and they, they lose that um, risk appetite because it gets trained out of them. To your point, Angelina, you're saying, you know, you, you won't think about the money, you just do it. Yeah. That gets lost when you get more educated. Yeah. You know, I think people, if you go to business school, for example, nine out of 10 people that go to business school actually never start a business because yeah. they come out the other end like, wow, why would I do that? <laughs> you know, like all these businesses yeah. failing, debt problem, and they don't, they don't actually capture the essence of what it is to build a business, which you guys have described yeah. a few times in today's podcast, that, yeah. that energy, that excitement. I studied excitement. international law for a while. Wow. So, and then basically I, I took on the travel bug and I was kind of like, I was living in, um, 17, I uh, had this uh, um, opportunity to do an exchange program. So I went from Germany to 17 to, to the US. And I was, again, fortunate to get a scholarship for a year and uh, lived in California. I went to UCLA for a year and I took international law. I didn't take it really seriously because I knew it was only for a year. So I had a really good time just uh, hanging out in Manhattan <laughs> Beach and just taking it easy. And But then that travel but kind of really kicked in and I went over to Australia, I went to New Zealand, to Japan. And I think that really, for me, was is now it feels like that education for me, that kind of like... And, it, you know, it used to be quite easy just to travel around. I mean, this mm. was now 20 years ago. <laughs> I'm old. Um, 20 years ago, I came, came to London in 1999. And I think that really made me, you know, look at back at those childhood memories, those memories I had from, from traveling and what products are out there which could really, like, you know, could really work here in this market because we look a lot to the US market and we are like three years behind and um, all of that but some products don't work mm. here like they do work in the US so you can't you have to look at w your surroundings what can work here in the UK and mm. and then how you can scale it and then how you can go internationally or European wide. Mm. It's interesting I've, I've interviewed so many wonderfully uh, interesting people and I interviewed uh, the founder of Tri Yoga, which yeah. we all know in, in North London, Jonathan oh, Sutton. Yoga, yes. yeah. And uh, he, his story is absolutely unbelievable. I, mean, I love his yoga studios. I love his whole business yeah. philosophy. But he was a lawyer before he oh, started he? Uh, Tri Yoga. And it's interesting because I think, you know, he, he, he talks a little bit about that and how if you know too much, it can also put you off doing business. Every time I ever sit with a lawyer, and I've had yeah. to deal with lawyers a few times in my life, it totally scares me about doing any business yeah. at all, especially in America. Forget yeah. America. I, I, I would be so scared to do business in America because you feel everyone's going to sue you. Yeah. And I everyone mean, I speak to has got a, a little slush fund on the side in America waiting for lawsuits, yeah. you know. But it, it didn't it put you off learning law? No, to be honest, I mean, it, it was it was part of the journey. I was 19, 20, and I came back to, um, uh, lived in Berlin for a year. Again, it was at that time when, you know, it was, Berlin was kind of grey zone. Yeah, it, uh, East Midwest still, you know, it was kind of a lot, lots going on and now going back is like amazing. It's just like blossomed so much. The country even has like this story to tell and and I think I was at the right time at the right place again. Well, it was not, my, my, my parents were not happy that I just dropped off and 
Well, that's an interesting subject on its own, isn't it? You know, like yeah. what what you mentioned earlier, you had a lot of support from your family when you started the business. But I, I, I don't, I, I'm sure in the background, there must have been at least one or two people saying, you know how competitive the drinks business is? Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. How, did you have that? And did you overcome it? I think they were fully supportive. Oh, you're um, amazingly lucky. Yeah. They wanted, wanted us to do more. So it shows you had the right people yeah. in your life. Because I, I know a lot of people that do get put off by their, their peer group. Yeah. And, and I do, the drinks business, did you, I mean, if you researched it, anyone starting a drinks business would be put off. As soon as you realise, we were just always yeah. like, let's just do this. Did you, it's better not to research sometimes. Yeah. When you yeah. start a business, it's I think true. sometimes it's, it's best true. just to yeah. start, and you'll learn how competitive it is once you're competing. Yeah. And I, I guess mean, for yeah. the education side, like for me personally, like I, I didn't actually ever consider going to university, and now I'm surrounded by lots of people that all went to university, the people mm-hmm. I work with, and and me for that age I was at, I just it wasn't even something that I'd consider. I was like, I'm going to go out and work, and I knew. That was just what I was going to do. So I think my education has been around, um, is working. Like from, from 17, I did my first uh, like internship at college and they offered me a job and they kept the position open until I'd finished. And I went straight into that. And then it's just like I've never looked back since. And I think it's probably not, maybe not knowing all the facts before I've gone into the next thing, but maybe that's been a good thing for me, not not having that. Sometimes the facts can it. be distorting as well. Like yeah. there's this whole thing about, you know, you're better off going to university and getting a degree than starting a business of your own. But the reality is that if everyone who was going to university didn't go to university and started a business of their own, there'd be more successful businesses and the stats would be reversed. So the stats yeah. can tell you whatever story you want. So that's why sometimes it's good to ignore them. Yeah. And what you said earlier resonated with me when you were talking about breaking the rules a little bit, yeah. which I know is, is when it comes to products, always a bit dangerous to talk that way but you have to in business yeah, bend the rules to. right otherwise if you follow the rules you, it's, it's, sometimes these rules are literally set out to stop yeah. you winning yeah. the game it stop you i mean we had so many we had i mean so many curveballs really with bringing in products which people didn't even know what it was they didn't know what you know like spirulina or algaes or cacao raw cacao all of these things were so new mm. there's so many restrictions if it's not on the list it's not, it doesn't go in the shop. Like, for example, like charcoal, which has so many benefits of detoxing. And we are like really wanted to bring a product out for children, actually. And, and we couldn't, we couldn't, they couldn't sell it because they were like, no, this is not on the list, this restrictions. So mm-hmm. a lot of things are opening up and a lot of things. I mean, there's good to have sometimes restrictions because otherwise everyone would just claim all these benefits. But Sometimes it's, it goes too far the other way. I mean, we could do a whole podcast series on this because I mean, my my, my wife's uh, mother got quite sick with cancer, and all the doctors kept telling her was the medical approach to the problem. Yeah. And so my wife had to go and learn kinesiology. And and when she told the doctors that she was uh, learning kinesiology, they laughed at her. You know, it's almost as if well, that's pointless medicine. This holistic. Yeah. medicine is, is pointless and it's totally overlooked in these systems that these things actually although not medically approved yeah. necessarily can do wonders yeah. right and, and even, that's back to your child, point about the products child, in childbirth you know i had a i had a natural i wanted to have a natural birth because in, in my country it's very much you know you don't go to the doctor until you actually or germany is not so much but um you know, it's kind of like my my GP was telling me, oh, my God, you know, no, you can't have the baby at home. What above? She was, like, freaking out. And if I would have been younger, I probably would have said, okay, well, you know, I, I really trust what she's saying. But, you know, you have to sometimes go 
against intuition, you know, was, and right. against the system. A yeah, little you have bit, to because you know, the system's wrong really, sometimes. Yeah. You know? yeah. and, and I think when it comes to a certain ingredients, I definitely think the system's wrong. People err on the side of caution because, yeah. of course, if they say yes to something and it has a problem, they're going to lose their jobs, right? But if they if they if they don't include it, they don't lose their if, uh, they don't lose their job, and, yeah. and and that means that people suffer because they don't get access to things that are good for them. Yeah, yeah. But you know, now you look at this mental health. You know, you kind of like. Where do people go for that? Well, it's only now being recognised mental health. Yes. I feel like it's it's you know it's not yeah. like you have a you have a wing at the hospital for you know eye problems or ear problems and but there really feels like a total lack of facilities to help people with mental health. Again, a whole podcast series we could do, and I know as well that certain foods can help with certain yeah. mental health issues. Yeah. So that you know all nutrition um, and all that stuff. Yeah, to your brain. Serotonin in your gut is kind of like it's it's all connected. We are so connected. Yeah. You know, and 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 there's so much now we're learning about all of, you know, and we look at trans, uh, we look at like different cultures, and again you see like fermentation was always something to preserve foods. You know, you take cabbage and you make kimchi out of it. You actually bring it alive, and you're giving it beneficial, beneficial, uh, what you call it. You know, bring it back to life. Yeah, you, yeah. It's it's kind of like you're preserving foods, and it's been done in so many different. History is preserving, like you know, anything from a, from me to fish. You know, it's kind of, it's a, it's it's a whole kind of new tradition. We look and what what we do as a as a, as a business, we 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 married is we kind of like put ancient tradition ancient and yeah. put a modern spin to it. So we come from a juicing background and. This is kind of cafe water, but we're adding like superfoods. We're adding like this extra uh, to make it palatable as well. And I mean, again, we I think we we could quickly become a, a food uh, show. And I love the idea of talking about this. We should have a separate podcast, maybe uh, another time. I, l- I love this subject, and I think people need to know about food more. So, but I equally, what I really love about the, what you're describing here is that people can understand that the rules are there to be broken. Product life on, on shelves means that some ingredients can't go on on the shelf but they can go online order products from you that have these things in them because you're doing them fresh you're making them fresh so that's something i think people need to know and they need to know when they're building their own businesses that there might be the present system you know let's say pre-covid of distribution in retail but there is a future that is online that can be very positive because you can get it to people quickly it's fresh therefore you don't have to exclude or include anything that's not good for them we had a 254 percent increase in sales of of since over the last sort of three to four months and that was all e-com online so it just shows like online businesses now it's like it's opened a whole like new area for people so I think you'll see a lot more like going that way a lot more a lot more businesses are having to adapt and change and new businesses and new people starting businesses like online I think is going to be the future Well, I've, I've got products in front of me here, which I feel like as they're on my podcast table, they're now mine. And, I, uh, and we're going to give, give them away to our audience as a competition afterwards. So we'll, we'll run a competition to give this away so people can try the product themselves directly. But I think um, and I, I could talk to you guys all day long. I, I think we've literally just come up with a new podcast show talking about health and nutrition, which we should do. But I, I think I, I, my, my audience tend to listen for an hour while they're going for a run or so. So I, I guess I'm going to have to wrap up, although I don't want yeah. to. And, and ask you just kind of a light question at the end. If you guys went back to the younger you and gave some advice what would it be I think I would just say like trust yourself like have trust in your decisions don't wait for somebody to validate what you want to do and just really take that leap and and just go for it yep you're the same well maybe 10 years ago I could have 
maybe did a different leap <laughs> in a different direction. But yes, it's uh, all good. I think it's it's all part of a journey. The journey is has no beginning. It's like it's kind of this is what kind of pure earth as well is about. You know, you can start any time in your journey, any time in your health journey or other journey. But um, no, I think you know I'm pretty happy with how everything has gone and where we at and and yeah. Well, it's a inspiration to hear your story. I've really enjoyed it. I hope my audience have done too. Thank you both for taking the time to come and tell us your story. Thanks so much for having us. Real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Good Luck Club podcast. Our live studio audience clapping in the background, (laughs) giving us uh, some um, much love that we need, which we also want from you guys listening out there. So if you found Angelina or Tenor's insights interesting, I would really appreciate it if you click the links below, went on their social media pages. They're very prominent on Instagram. Go give them a like, give them a hello. It doesn't cost you anything and would mean the world to them. I would also really appreciate it if perhaps you went and bought one of their products or hang around for the extra time and find out how you can win some of their products. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. I know you have thousands of podcasts you could be listening to. In fact, 851,000 podcasts you could be listening to. You take the time out to listen to us and we feel incredibly lucky.